0: So we pray that no matter what road we are on, no matter how lost we might feel we are, that the gift of others might help us to discover God's dream for us, our true treasure.
1: From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. Have you ever found yourself lost on a road trip? wondering which way to turn to reach your desired destination. In these moments, it can be frustrating and we can feel vulnerable having to rely on the kindness of strangers to guide us on the right path. But what if this experience of being lost is not just a negative one? What if it's actually a gift that can lead us to new discoveries and understanding? In today's episode, Father Foley shares how the perspective and guidance of the stranger along our path may help us realize that true treasure is not far down the road, but, in fact, within us.
0: Any of you who commute downtown or to old St. Pat's from up north, recently understand with new awareness the ancient proverb that in Chicago there are only two seasons, winter and construction. Welcome to the Kennedy Expressway. Uh, Each morning I I wake up to WBBM news radio and I hear uh, at at 5.58, I hear the the traffic report and the horrific times it takes for people to get into the city, uh, revealing that uh, travel actually can be a curse. Uh, It's an ancient belief. One wag suggests that the first cursed road trip occurred when God expelled Adam and Eve from Eden. One of the classic uh, road trip stories of all time is Don Quixote, whose delusional anti-hero tilts at windmills, thinks that his broken down horse is a noble steed, mistakes prostitutes for courtiers, and his sanity is only returned when he goes back home, revealing the deep wisdom from the Wizard of Oz that there is no place like home. Uh, Things don't seem to be any better for us. There was a study that was recently done that suggested that most people traveling in the United States have at least 240 bad travel experiences in their life between the flight delays and the flat tires and the lost luggage and the hotel debacles. And one out of seven in that survey believed themselves haunted by a travel curse. On the other hand, there's a lot of proverbial wisdom that says traveling, especially international travel, and especially if you live abroad, is valuable, it's mind expanding, it's healthy. Some will argue, and there is some evidence that actually travel expands our creative intelligence. It not only enhances our creativity, but there are actually scientific studies that say travel can lower the risk of depression, lower the risk of things like heart attacks, boost our immune system, and even increase our happiness. And if we're not doing it on on our own, we vicariously enjoy watching other people do the dangerous travel, whether it's one of those epic stories of Anthony Bourdain going into parts unknown or watching Lord of the Rings, where people journey into danger and we get vicarious joy from watching them struggle with all this and come out of it on the other side. Now, I'm not exactly sure that is exactly the reason why Luke, in today's gospel, penned one of the most famous road stories in the New Testament. But I think if we dig into this Emmaus story, we might find some wisdom for us, each of us on our own journey. It, it might sound like a bit of an exaggeration to suggest that today's gospel is a road trip, but if you look at the text... Uh, And if you look at the original text, there are nine verbs in this gospel that talk about movement, about meeting up, about traveling, about vanishing, about... And that's not just movement of the feet, it's movement of the heart. We've got these two folk, maybe a husband and wife. The clue there is the only guy that gets mentioned is the guy with the male name, and the other person, you know, probably the wife. They're returning, moving away from Jerusalem, back to Jerusalem. The association with the executed Messiah is severed. The discipleship has been shelved. We don't know exactly what they were talking about. We don't have Luke giving us that dialogue, but it's probably some mixture of lament and worry, like never thought it would end that way, and that was a wasted investment of time and energy, and now what do we say to the family, and what do we do next? Um... In part of my imagination thinking about this, one of these most celebrated stories in the New Testament, I get the very distinctive opinion that the both of them were lost. And it's because they were disoriented, they were off their game, they were wandering, that they actually got found. One of my most famous uh, or favorite uh, spiritual writers is uh, the preacher Barbara Brown Taylor. Um, she offers in a very inspiring reflection on being lost uh, in her great book, An Altar in the World. She says being lost has happened more times than she can count. She set out to be married, and she ended up being divorced. She set out to be healthy and ended up being sick. She set it out, set out to live in New England and ended up in Georgia. Maybe most surprising, and this is revealed in this touching memoir of hers, She started out to be an Episcopalian priest. She always dreamed about having her own small congregation, but eventually she experienced what she called so much compassion fatigue that she had to leave ministry for the sake of her own soul. But then she admits that when she would get lost, she found things that she would have never otherwise known. Most telling is her conviction that getting lost is actually a spiritual Practice, not as a detour, but as a path. Not as a wound, but as a gift. Not a place where God is absent, but a place of revelation. She concludes by saying, God does some of God's best work with people who are truly lost. I think that's what we have in the gospel today. Disciples adrift after their leader was crucified and their dreams were crucified. It's not exactly sure whether they were actually intentionally moving towards something or simply moving away from the disaster in Jerusalem. And what changed them, what reversed their their journey, what what led them into the most famous U-turn in all of the gospel was the gift of a stranger. As Taylor notes, to receive the hospitality of strangers can change us far more than providing hospitality to somebody else. A number of years ago, uh, ago long before Google Translate was available, I was on my first visit to Japan. I landed at Narita in Tokyo. Being a somewhat seasoned traveler and, and typically wanting to experience things on the ground, and because I'm cheap, I opted for public transportation, into the center of Tokyo, and then I thought I'd find the metro, and there was a metro that would take me a couple of blocks away from my hotel. First leg of the journey was just fine, got into downtown, tried to get into the metro station and neither my credit card nor debit card worked. Uh, And they only took debit and credit cards and there were no people, only machines. So after trying to get the ticket to get a couple of blocks to my hotel, I went out, uh, exited and went wandering around looking for an ATM after about a half hour I found this bank with this whole row of ATMs, and none of them worked. And in frustration, I must have yelled out something in my best Chicago accent. And a few machines down, an undeniable Boston accent. Have you seen the Sam Adams commercial about your cousin? You know, it's like you're saying, "You okay?" Uh, the the twenty-something-year-old Bostonian connected to the accent walked over. Assessed my dilemma, led me to the international ATMs, of course, helped me make my Emmaus turn back to the Metro, assisted me in acquiring the ticket, put me in line for my train, pointed out I had five stops before I had to get off. He was waiting for me and just as the train was pulling up, all of a sudden we were about to say goodbye and he got very serious and he turned to me and he said, "'Have you considered giving your life to Jesus?' "'I laughed out loud, shook his hand, and said, "'I work for him.'" "'I was no disciple on an Emmaus exit.'" My dreams had not been crucified. This was admittedly a modest and amusing encounter, but still one in which a complete stranger at a most unexpected moment, invited me out of petulant traveler mode and into Jesus mode. He reminded me in a very simple way that on every journey, if we allow the stranger to open our eyes, whether by bread breaking or ATM liberation, we might perceive again God's Spirit accompanying us, even when our dreams have been crucified. There is a celebrated story from the Jewish tradition of an old rabbi by the name of Esau. He had a dream. Dream repeated three times. In the dream, he was supposed to travel from his home in Krakow to the great city of Prague. He would find it. Bridge there, he was to dig under it, he would find a great treasure that would put an end to his poverty. After the dream repeated the third time, he got up, he traveled, he found the bridge, he knew where he was to dig, but he couldn't do it because it was guarded day and night by soldiers. Finally, after loitering nearby for a while, the captain of the guard came over and said, what are you doing here? And being an honest man, he shared his dream. The soldier scoffed at him and he said, I don't believe in dreams because I too had a dream. It repeated three times. In my dream, I was supposed to travel from Prague to Krakow and there find the house of this old rabbi, Isak, and there in his backyard, there was this old stove where I was supposed to dig and find a great treasure that would put an end to my poverty, but I don't believe in dreams. Well, the rabbi thanked him. He knew that stove. Walked back to his own house in his own backyard and dug and found the treasure that put a great end to his poverty. And the rabbi tells us that the meaning of the story is that our true treasure is not very far from us. It's usually in our own home. It's in our own selves, but it takes the shared dreaming of another to find it. When the strangers encountered the two lost disciples on the road to Emmaus, the hidden Christ helped them find the treasure. It wasn't in Emmaus, it wasn't in Jerusalem, it was in their own selves, their own believing their own ministry. So we pray that no matter what road we are on, no matter how lost we might feel we are, that the gift of others might help us to discover God's dream for us, our true treasure. And in this season of baptismal renewal, we also commit ourselves to assisting the lost, those who feel themselves straying from the path those who need some life giving u turn so that in us they find the stranger they need, accompanying them towards the resurrection God promises. Through Christ our Lord and the church says, amen.
2: you. to to mm-hmm.
1: Time now for announcements and events. Hey, listeners, this coming May 19th to the 21st, you're invited to share a homecoming weekend with us here at Old St. Pat's in Chicago. On Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, we have the Broadway on Adams performances. And on Saturday morning, we'll have a reception and church tour with one of our docents. Saturday night, we'll have a member-hosted dinner for anyone who can make it. And on Sunday morning, we have our liturgies, followed by brunch after our mid-morning masses, to foster community and connection. Get to know fellow OSP members and podcast listeners. Join us for a weekend filled with love, laughter, and spirituality. For the full list of events, please visit oldststpats.org slash extended-family-weekend. And as part of the Extended Family Weekend, be sure to get tickets for Broadway on Adams, you'll enjoy an unforgettable evening of Broadway classics performed by the talented musicians of Old St. Patrick's Music Ministry. Get ready to sing along to all your favorite hits and enjoy a cabaret-style event at 625 West Adams. Doors open at 7 p.m. and the concert begins at 7.30. Light refreshments and beverages will be served during the performance. Reserved main floor seats are available for $25 and balcony open seating is available for $20. For all the details for Broadway on Adams and to purchase tickets, visit OldStPats.org Broadway on Adams. Sports are more than just a game. They are part of our culture, and they shape our society. But with the rise of sports gambling, the risk of brain injuries, and the rising cost of tickets, we have to ask ourselves some tough questions. Join Mike Mulligan, co-host of the Mulligan Haw show on WSCR 670 AM for the first Friday Club of Chicago on May 5th, as he tackles the top issues in sports today, including how sports interact with our faith and values. A native Chicagoan, Mike Mulligan is a former award-winning journalist with the Chicago Sun Times and a huge White Sox fan. Don't miss out on this opportunity to hear from a seasoned sports commentator. We hope you'll join us for an intriguing conversation about America's second religion, sports. To purchase tickets, visit firstfridayclubchicago.org slash events. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the 9 a.m. Mass on Sunday, April 23rd, by Father Ed Foley. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Old St. Pats app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pats and on Instagram at Old St. Pats Chicago. You've been listening to the Old St. Pats Podcast.